1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Got one more segment. It is the mailbag segment. Best day of the week. Basically, Santa Claus carrying around a sack of mail, reaching in there, finding all of your questions. The first one I do want to get I want to get to this first so that we don't have to come back to it. And that's from the Jerry Pore Jr. He says, I D G A F about grades from other people. Let's be real, they hate the Saints, it's nothing new. To be clear, in case that was not clear in the last segment, these are players from the roster talking about the team they're on so 1300 players from the 2022 season they are not rating other teams on these this is them talking about their own franchise or at least the one they played for last season while they were on it and how the players are treated in the facilities and stuff like that so like this is not this this is an objective like ranking from people who are right in the thick of it um, so just to be clear, I don't want—I don't want people to think like we are coming up with reasons to
0: hate the Arizona Cardinals. They've done it to themselves. Yeah, in no, in no way, shape, or form is it like local media or even national media chiming in. Like uh, this is from the NFLPA players getting polled on it, and that's why we thought it was so interesting. Yeah, that's if it was—if it was just some like I get emails all the time.
2: From like people who did like Twitter surveys on like oh who's the most hated team in Louisiana? It's always going to be the Falcons. Like we get it. Like we just got one about like who like like who has the worst food at this and it's like super dumb, ranked low. But it's like I don't. I mean, how do you get to this data? Like it's not like they're all, they're surveying people who have gone to all thirty-two NFL stadiums. And anyway, moving on. Five hundred four co. He asked this question twice, so I know he wants to know it. He says, do we take Jalen Carter if he slips to twenty-nine? Jalen Carter is not slipping to twenty. Like like. Jalen Carter is probably still going to be the first pick in the draft. Like, I, you know, he I was going to say, yes, run up there. Yeah, you know, he's not like that kid from Alabama who, you know, might be complicit in a murder. He was part of a tragic situation, right? And he might face some misdemeanor charges, get some community service. But I, no team is going to be like, oh, I won't draft him because he did something stupid in college it's not you know the the one it, the one to compare it to is uh laramie tunsel i want to say i want isn't he the one who like accidentally tweeted out like a video of himself like ripping a bong uh like on draft day which you almost it was so crazy that it almost felt like like intentional because he didn't want to go to like a bad team so he like dr- tanked his draft stock down to like the i think he went to the dolphins but i don't think this is that like i like yeah, he did something stupid. I imagine the teams will bring it up with him at the Combine this week. But he's not going to drop. He, he might – maybe a couple picks because when you're picking at, like, number three in the draft, there's so many good options available that if you do have character concerns about a guy, he might get past that. But he's not getting out of the top ten. So I don't think it's worth talking about. But, like, of course, if he slipped to 29, you should get him. If he slipped to five,
0: you should get him. If he slipped to six, you should get him. If he flipped to seven, you should get him. He's the best player in the draft what popped into my head immediately, not because of uh, the case that's going on with Carter, but just the situation. Remember uh, 2015, Leo Collins just completely off the draft board entirely was wild. Yeah. And again, that was,
2: that was a situation where he was kind of implicated in some way in a murder. And like, yeah, that's a situation where you do probably want to like maintain your distance from it. This is just an unfortunate situation. He made a stupid decision, and you know, for It's a tragic situation. It's like I'm sure, I'm sure he feels terrible about all the things that happened. But um, it's not going to be something that severely impacts his draft stock. There's no way.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. But if he did happen to fall to 29, I'd run up with the draft card. I'll run up for the for him for sure, right? Of course you would.
2: If you got the if you got the 10, like there would be teams like falling over themselves to trade up to go get him. Like he's that good. Here's Total Truth Todd Shaw. In case you're wondering what you're going to get, it's the Total Truth. Be prepared for Camara to be out the first 6 games to start whoever is RB2 to be ready to carry the load. I'm glad you asked this. It's not really a question, but it's a statement, but we'll go do it because what we didn't get to in the first segment is like is it worth going in and knocking down uh, you know Leonard Fournette's door and saying hey you want to come back to New Orleans he's going to get cut by the Bucks. the Bucks are just going to take it on the chin from a cap this perspective this season it seems like like that's their real main goal is to just get as far below the cap as they can for the 2024 season and beyond and so they're cutting everybody they're saying they're going to start Kyle Trask you know they might end up with Caleb Williams it might work out for him they might end up with who knows their team might decide hey we're not that bad and we're going to win a couple games and ruin this for you and I hope they do Either way, Leonard Fournette will not be a part of it. So this question isn't about Leonard
0: Fournette, but I think well, would you would you like to see Leonard Fournette on the Saints, Steve? Uh, I'd be interested. Uh, he's still pretty young, even though it seems like he's kind of been around forever. 28. 28? Yeah, I know he's got some hard running miles on him, but we've been having some LSU player reunions of late now with the Dennis Allen era here in New Orleans. So I could see it, you know, happening. Uh, just questioning, though, from the Leonard Fournette front, is coming home... Really, that more important to him than possibly another Super Bowl ring, and I think there's going to be teams like, just the top of my head, like a Buffalo, a Philadelphia that would wouldn't be willing to pony up for that running back. It's possible.
2: Again, it's like I I tweeted that another homecoming might be fun, and like it is worth mentioning because I think Sean was against storylines like that that would take that would like be a distraction or like take away from what they're trying to do because he's like a local celebrity right and I think that he was pro- it was too much to be a coincidence that it like never happened you never saw LSU players at least not in the like recent history and last year alone you had Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry obviously Jarvis you know it's funny because they went in complete opposite directions Jarvis started as hot as anyone he had a 100 yard receiving game and had that awesome catch and the Falcons come back or the comeback to beat the Falcons. And then by week three, he was basically done because he hurt his ankle and he was out. Whereas Tyron Matthew, I think, started very slowly. But by the end of the year, he had played in all 17 games and he was playing his best football by the end of the season. And so it could, you know, it's a good example of like, okay, it can go well, it can go badly. In this case, I think if Leonard is amenable to coming home and taking a short-term deal, he makes a lot of sense, right? He's a guy who you would trust to start if Alvin does miss the first four, the first six, the first eight games, or maybe just disappears for a stretch in the middle of the season. He's a guy who you you would feel like could handle a starting role. He can block. He can catch a lot better than I think people realize. He caught, like, I think it was 76 passes last season, uh, which Tom Brady loves to pepper the running back. But even by those standards, like, Tom Brady typically throws to receiving backs. So, you know, and, and he's a guy who you could sign as a short-term kind of stopgap knowing that next year you're going to be in an awkward situation with Alvin and also still draft someone. You could still draft a Tajay Spears in the fourth round, maybe an Evan Hull, maybe whoever, Devin A. Shane, anybody. And you can groom them behind Leonard, but you won't have to be in a situation where you have to go a stretch of six games with that guy being your bell cow and you might not trust him yet. So to me, it would make sense. And I think I'd I'd expect them to at least make the call. Whether Leonard is willing to do it, fine. It's like you set a number, and if he's was willing to come on it, then that's great. That's what happened with Jarvis last year. They didn't sign him right out of the gate. They waited him out. The market wasn't what he thought it would be, and he was like, you know what, I'll go back home for one year, $6 million. And, you know, at that time, it felt like a great get for the Saints. It just didn't work out. And so I think you're going to see a similar thing happen this year.
0: Yeah, I, I like the, the whole get for them from a, a need aspect. And the fact that, hey, you know, getting a guy that knows your division rival also well, too, never hurts either. And uh, we could see Fournette maybe extract some revenge on the Buccaneers. There's <laughs> another one. Is, uh Jamal
2: Williams, 504 Co. He says he wouldn't mind Jamal Williams. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams, I mean, I, I'm looking it up right now. I know he had an insane number of touchdowns. I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it was like 18. He had 17 rushing touchdowns. It's crazy. When you consider Alvin Kamara had, what, one all season? 17 rushing touchdowns. On the Lions, not exactly the most prolific offense you can imagine. Zero receiving touchdowns, though, which is he, – he was not used barely at all. He only had 12 receptions all season, which is odd because I remember him being, like, a decent receiving back on the Packers. Let's see. How many receptions did he have? Yeah, like, he in 2019, he had 39 receptions. In 2020, he had 31 even last year, he had 26. For some reason, this year, he played in 17 games and caught 12 passes for for 73 yards. Either way, yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. I'm just not sure, like, is he a guy you're going to want to trust for six to eight games? Maybe. He's a free agent. I bet he gets paid pretty well. And then that's the other thing. Is he going to be in a range where you're not having to pay too much? Which, when you rush for 17 touchdowns in a year, um, I think you did a pretty good job of getting yourself paid. Yeah, and I think, uh, did you get to watch the Detroit Lions hard knocks at all? I did not, but I did see the his interview after the Week 18 win over the Packers that was really just exclusively them being like, go to hell, y'all, because we can't even make the playoffs, but we're going to ruin it for you anyway. And he experienced like the entire gamut of human emotion in like 30 seconds. It was it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was just def- definitely to me one of those personalities that stuck at, stuck out and I would think Detroit would want to keep him around, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to, obviously, if the Saints could bring in a, a guy like that, shoot, we'll definitely take 17 touchdowns a year, obviously. Here's TTT T, T, T
2: again, Total Truth Todd. He says, what I see, some what, some seeing car I don't get, a QB never want a playoff game, and a losing overall record. Doesn't make sense. 30 to 35 million is too much, essentially. And I, I agree with that. I mean, I understand why people are saying that. We don't need to get too much into it. We already talked a lot about this in the first segment, but... I mean, I can understand the, red, the the hesitance to shell out that kind of money, but if I think what I think doesn't really matter in this case, it's like what do the Saints think? And I think it's pretty clear that the Saints think that getting a quarterback that is stable for this year and a few and however long down
0: the road is important, and I think that's what they're going to really try to do. I'm curious. Obviously, you know, what do you think with the fact that obviously Carr is asking? It's what he wants is $35 million. Do we really think he's going to get that? Because I don't. I'm thinking maybe more in the 31, 32 range. I'm hoping the Saints can do something like a 29, but there's no way he's getting 35 a year, I feel like. I think the Saints are going to pay as much as it takes to
2: get him within the range that they are willing to do it. I don't think they're going to lose him because they only want to pay 29 and he wants 32, right? Like for the same reason, I don't think Derek Carr is going to walk on the Saints because he can get a couple million dollars somewhere else. Like we went through those team grades, right? Like if you want to be somewhere and you feel good about the organization and you're in a position where you've made a lot of money in your career, I don't think you're going to let $2 million or so a year warp your decision by that much. And I think the same is true for the Saints. If they're committed to him, they're not going to say, well we can we can play hardball and and it, get it down to 28 when he's going to like it, it's tough and i do think there's a balance there like you don't want to you're trying to bring in a quarterback because he has a good feeling about your organization and you feel like you can work well together and then the first thing you do is you try to like lowball him and play hardball like i don't think that's a good thing either so I don't know. I'm kind of talking in circles here, but that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I know. T- to me, it's obviously the Saints looking out for the best of the organization, blah, 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 with the salary cap. And to me, I, I do like Carr as a quarterback that could lead the Saints. But to me, $35 million, that price tag is just way too high.
2: Daniel Blount says, forget Carr, draft Hooker. I, I mean, I- they may still do that. You know, I-, I think if you do sign Carr, it becomes less likely that you draft Hendon Hooker not because you feel any differently about him, but because doing that means that you are committed to a guy for multiple seasons, and if there's someone on the board in the third round or even the fourth round, if he's still available, that you feel really good about, you're probably going to take him over a quarterback. Now, if it's anybody else, I almost think you have to take a guy like Hendon Hooker if you don't take someone in the second round because anyone else you bring in will be nothing more than a one- to two-year bridge maximum. So... I
0: mean, I, I don't think you're going to forget about anyone. When you're saying to draft Hooker, are you imagining him as a as the 29 pick or no? no? No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm saying third
2: round. Okay, yeah. You're not you're not taking him in the second round either. You're taking him because he's a project and you want to have a young quarterback working behind your veteran, and you think maybe he is a
0: guy who can develop down the road. So you even think if so if you get card the cards fall out. We we end up getting the deal done. New Orleans Saints. Uh, in car, a four year deal will say you don't still maybe if hookers around adding add that more depth to just even like we've talked about something, start developing an arm or you're really more concerned then with the de- surrounding car with more assets around him. At 29? No, no, no. In the third round, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You could still do it. I
2: think it, it, it lowers the chance, but the chance is still there. It just depends on who's available. Like, if you have a first-round grade on a guy and it's there in the third round, you're taking him, I don't care how much you want a quarterback. Like, it's probably more realistic to think second-round grade than a first-round grade you get in the third round. But either way, you get the idea. Like, if you can get a premium tight end at that spot and you don't feel like you get him in the fourth round, I'm taking it, it, again, if I went with Carr. Not if I went with... Baker Carr. Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, Jerry wants to know what my thoughts are on the XFL for the first two weeks. I haven't watched it, so I couldn't tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had it on, and to me, the product hasn't been anything where it's kept my total interest like week one I was all about it and then like the other day last week I was even like oh you know I saw on Twitter Thursday night football's on and it didn't even get me excited to tune into the XFL
2: I mean there's like the fun of it is the names right like there's a lot of like Jordan Tiamu I saw was the quarterback for one team I know AJ McCarron's a quarterback and so like if you're a very big if you're a big college football fan and you're gonna you know you enjoy seeing those names pop up like i remember that guy then yeah it's probably for you
0: some of the different rules may be a little interesting too but overall to me the actual football you're watching you know you're spoiled with the nfl product and it obviously is not even close to that
2: exactly here's jerry again he says so camara pleaded not guilty is he off the hook until july 31st i'm not sure what you mean by off the hook but yes he essentially he's due to be back in court july 31st now they could they could figure something out before then. It's not a guarantee that he has to be back there on July 31st if they agree to a deal out of court and move on with their lives. But, yes, you're not going to hear any more about Camara in court until July 31st.
0: That really short bit that Camaro we got to see, you know, watching the live stream today or even the video afterwards, I think you said it was eight minutes of footage. I, I was actually surprised he had to even show up for that, but I-, I guess it was something that was mandatory. For Yeah, to enter a plea, you have to be there. It's not like a scheduling thing. Like, I think they have a scheduling thing on July
2: 25th, like pre- pre- like prior to July 31st, the trial X is starting, but he doesn't have to be there for that. It's something his lawyer can handle. That's why he hired Las Vegas-based attorneys. Kermit the Frog here. Hi-ho. Can we trade for Fields? Also, I think we legitimately got to think of Taysom as an option at QB because I've seen Texans and Dolphins reports that they could be interested in getting it from us. That's my best Kermit.
0: There's no reports of Denver being interested
2: in Taysom? I think that's just a standing interest. If you want to go back to the last podcast, the third segment, we went pretty heavily on whether they could trade for Fields, which I think they could. It's just a question of if the Bears are dangling him, right? The Bears currently seem like their goal is to trade the top pick, which would mean they are keeping Fields and trying to accumulate assets so they can build around him. If that's the case, then no, you're not trading for Fields. But if they start if if they revert course and decide we're gonna draft Bryce Shang at number one, then I think the Saints are in that. But it also sounds like they could have Derek Carr under contract in the next week or so. And if that's the case, then no, you are not trading for Fields because you have a quarterback. Yeah. But if they do miss out on Carr and they are still wanting to make a splash, then that's something that I think
0: could happen. I'm definitely would be excited to see uh Justin Fields coming to a Saints uniform really impressed with his development just last season and uh be curious to see how much more uh his accuracy in the passing game can grow because obviously we we know that speed and the legs are there, yeah, yeah. And
2: uh and the, the other question was about Taysom per- personally, if a team was offering you a legitimate asset for Taysom, I would probably do it. And if that team is the Broncos, I would probably do it. Because I think that's the only team that's going to offer a legitimate asset. Like, I'm not trading Taysom for like a seventh rounder, but if a team comes and offers like a third, fourth rounder. I was going to say a fourth rounder, right. Because, like, this, like, he was a Sean Payton guy. And again, in this circumstance, if you brought in Derek Carr, suddenly I think it could get awkward. Like Andy was okay with that last season, but Andy didn't really have a choice. Jameis was okay with it a lot, the, the last two seasons, but he didn't really have a choice. He was not in a position of power in that regard of saying, absolutely not. Get Taysom out of my face.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Derek Carr, you know, you have
0: to sell yourself to him, right? Like I would say, too, just strictly from a business business you know point of view, you look at Taysom's kind of injury history also his age match with it and if you can get a third or fourth round asset for him in return I I think you do move on from that contract as painful as it is for me to say because I really do love what he brings as a weapon in this offense agreed St. John Butler thinks my
2: Kermit impression is spot on so he's he's lying voice acting future for Jeff just trying to get get in my good graces i don't know why i have nothing uh nothing to offer but yes i am uh i did i did i did interview for for the uh, kermit job but he's already got is it a, is it hand puppet i don't know if it's a hand puppet i was gonna say he has a hand up his butt already and it's not mine but i'm not sure if that's the type of puppet he is he might be like a marionette you can put his, your hand there anyway if you want oh thanks <laughs> Thanks. I have Steve's. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like, no. Steve said this was okay. They're like, uh, what are you doing, sir? This is a this is a Wendy's restaurant. Okay, we have a few more um, that we can get to pretty quickly that came in just now, and then we can
0: go from there. Popping up on Twitter stuff, you see, and Adam Schefter saying that uh, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott's a prime cut candidate for the for Dallas.
2: Yeah, and I think these veteran candidates are options. I would be very surprised if Zeke goes, if if he gets cut and he goes in a range, like one of the reasons you can get Leonard Fournette, or at least you could like feasibly get him is, you know, he's going to have a low market. Like his market is not going to be huge. He's probably going to sign a one-year deal. And the question is, why would he sign it here instead of Buffalo? Well, he's from New Orleans. He likes the warm weather. Maybe he doesn't want to go live in the hellscape that is Buffalo in the winter, right? Like I wouldn't, that would be a factor for me. So I don't know. And I, like, I don't think Tyron Matthew wanted to come back here earlier in his career either. Like, that's another point. Tyron was always, like, saying, like, I don't think New Orleans is a good place for me to be. And it wasn't at the point that he was at in his life when he went to Arizona, and then he went to the Texans, then he went to the Chiefs. As he got older, as he got more mature, and he probably could handle some of the outside distractions that go on when you are coming back home, he was able to handle it better, and he did it. And I think he he had a, he enjoyed it. And so... Maybe that's a good example for, you know, Leonard. Maybe Leonard says, hey, Tyron, how was it? Did you have a good time? And, you know, he
0: says, did you see the team report card? They, they did great in travel. No, to me, for Fournette, for, for obviously, 28 years old. Uh, I'm looking for as much cash that can keep me warm at this point. I think he's at, you know, that stage in his career where this is probably his last really large, significant dollar amount contract he'll get. It's possible. Well, he has
2: won a ring already. That's one thing to keep in mind. Like he's, like you talk about ring chasing, he has one. You you always want more, though. Yeah, sure. You wouldn't be in the NFL if you didn't, if that wasn't a goal. But at the same time, like, I think there is an extra, an extra oomph when you're talking about ring chasing. Like, why would you consider living in Buffalo? Well, I want to win a ring and I don't have one. Once you have one, living in that just, just, just awful place. And I, uh, can you tell I don't like snow? I don't know. Von Miller tried it. Yeah, and then he faked
0: an injury. No, I'm just kidding. He he actually did get hurt. All right, they don't want car. We can move on. That's uh, terrible though that we saw that them calling car is not hot garbage. Please, to me, or worse, we end up with Baker Mayfield. That to me is the or worse. No, he's cold garbage. I'm just kidding.
2: He's like a Mar- he's like the Mardi Gras beads. Like he's everyone wants them when they're on the float, but then they they land on the ground and it's like no one would ever pick them up. Well, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is that a good analogy? Is that work? Like if you're picking up Mardi Gras beads off the ground, something's wrong with you. But once when, when the guys, they're, they're holding them up and you're like, give it to me. Nobody else wants, the, they're, they're on
0: the ground. Why would you want that?
2: Yeah, that, that, once they hit the ground, it's garbage. That's mean. I'm not going to compare Derek Carr to garbage. Come on. But Jets Gang says, Saints can't trade up for a QB or pay car. Y'all might end up with Jimmy G or worse. Well, Jimmy's ne- away, Jimmy Jeff. G's not worse, I'll at least say. Go away, Jets Gang. I'm just kidding. We appreciate you. I don't know why you're here, but thanks for, thanks for watching. Got pasty-ish here. It says, Jeff slash Steve. Great show as always. Thank you. They want to know what specific scenarios do you feel might lead the DA being let go of midseason. It's tough. I mean, like in order to get in order to fire your coach midseason, it has to be an untenable situation, right? Because it's not good for anybody. It's not a benefit to to fire your coach midseason and then say like, yeah, everyone who's on the roster, it's a free for all. Like that's not what you want to be in, and that's not a situation that I envision the Saints ending up in under almost any scenario right he might get fired at the end of the season if things go really poorly and like they finish six and 11 if they take a step back sure but i i really don't think that that da is going to get fired mid-season this season unless like it's anarchy if the t- he loses the team completely if players come out and start like bashing him in the media that sort of thing and and like i and i say this like very seriously we were nowhere near that point last season. I did never got a single an indication from anybody that that was even like a thing. And like you're, you look, go look at go look at Carolina, right? Like like Robbie Anderson was openly feuding with Matt Rule. Like that's how you get fired midseason. The the Broncos went on went on national television and Nickelodeon and got embarrassed on Christmas Day. That's how you get fired. Not by losing a close game to the Patriots, albeit in, I'm sorry, the Bucks, albeit in the most devastating fashion possible. That's not how you get fired. That's how you, that's how you set the stage for like, maybe we make a coaching change at the end of the season. Anyway, I, I, do, not, I do not think it's likely that, that, I think it's very likely that DA makes it through this season. And then based on the results, I think you go from there. Um, but that's kind of my long-winded explanation there.
0: No, I'm 100 percent on board with you right there, because, yeah, my whole thing is you never saw this team quit. You never saw a team that completely gave up in a game. Uh, They were always competitive. And while things were maybe frustrating on some decisions were made or some silly penalty kind of thing, it was never like you felt this team did not believe in one another or the coaching staff. And, yeah, it would have to be. Complete. I, I love what you said there. Anarchy on the sidelines, where you, you know there are a two win team, uh, the players are fighting. There's they're at each other's throats, kind of deal. And you start hearing those whispers of, "Oh, Dennis Allen has lost the locker room," and that that's a scenario when there could be that mid season firing. But I, I, that that's not likely the case, and it really never is. Yeah, I mean, like coaches get fired for for bad results
2: coaches don't get fired mid-season unless there is no alternative like cliff kingsbury they were ready to fire him probably from like week six but he made it to the end of the season because just doesn't benefit like it's not like you're gonna get better as an organization like the panthers did it and like actually managed to be competitive that's rare that's that's the exception that's not the rule looks like we're losing steve here Uh uh-oh your internet's crapping out. Did did your son get home and start playing Call of Duty or something? He did get home. It is three th- past three thirty now, so <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Sucking up my Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right. So so that's that's a good indicator that we need to cut this off. I've been doing this for about ninety minutes. You can hit me up on Twitter if you have any other questions. I'll I'll, I'll get. I, I try to respond to everybody who asks me questions on Twitter at least once. Sometimes I have to cut it off. Uh, so if you want if you want anything, hit me up at, at Jeff Noack. At, uh, at Jeff underscore Noack. But as always, thanks to everyone for watching and throwing in comments, telling me I have a good Kermit the Frog impression. Uh, you know, that's all. it all means a lot to me. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button either on YouTube or wherever you are listening. It helps us greatly. Leave a rating, leave a review, and uh, listen to us tomorrow on Sports Talk 4 to 8
0: p.m., WWL, AM870, FM1053, and always free on the Odyssey app. Yeah, like you were saying, Jeff, you want to get those comments in even to us tomorrow. Please call in at Sports Talk for sure. Yeah, there you go. 504-260-1870. I remember the number.
2: Finally. All right, y'all. Thanks. Peace. Do that.